This episode and all of our Sundance coverage is brought to you by Rode Microphones. Hey everybody, this is John Fusco, and you're listening to the No Film School Podcast. Welcome to the world of modern filmmaking, a place where anyone can make anything at any time and put it online pretty much anywhere they choose. Whether or not people actually watch it, well, that's a different question. With the democratization of film comes the democratization of exhibitors, and in today's new media landscape, the number of platforms for a filmmaker to show their work can be overwhelming. Back at Sundance, I sat down with a handful of short filmmakers whose projects have either been funded, licensed, or exhibited by the idiosyncratic video website Superdeluxe. The Superdeluxe platform is one that should be a model for innovative filmmakers looking to get their work noticed. Self-described as, quote, a community of creative weirdos making videos that are, we hope, more substantial than much of what you see on the internet, they are truly a service to filmmakers, providing funding, creative freedom, and most importantly, trust in the talent they take on. While many of us aren't fortunate enough to have a platform like Super Deluxe behind us in our work, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't create the type of stories they actively seek out. The filmmakers they find are just as exciting and diverse as the platform's content. Kenneth Gug, Pipus Larson, and Scott Ross started off making Instagram videos and are now Sundance alum with their short doc, Deer Squad, which highlights the daily life of a Pennsylvania teenager who went viral after feeding deer and playing basketball with them in his backyard. Matt Wolf has been making feature documentaries for years, and Super Deluxe funded his doc short, Bayard and Me, a biography about civil rights leader Bayard Washington, who adopted his younger boyfriend as a way to obtain the legal protections of marriage in a time where gay marriage didn't exist. Anna Kerrigan was brought on as a director for hire for the web series The Chances, following two deaf friends as they navigate the buzzy scene in Los Angeles. There's a right way to go about getting your project recognized, and it's not about just throwing something online and hoping it catches fire. All of these filmmakers came together to discuss their own experiences within the oversaturated new media landscape and their strategies in tailoring stories for an era full of rabid media consumption. I hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, I'm here with various members of different production teams that did stuff for Super Deluxe here at Sundance this year. I'm going to start by asking each of you to go around and uh, say your name, describe your project in a brief logline, and uh, yeah, we'll start with that. Starting with you, Matt. Hey, I'm Matt Wolf, and my film is Bayard and Me. Um, the film is about Bayard Rustin, who organized the March on Washington. And uh, my story is about um, a relationship he had with a younger man um, in the 1980s who he actually adopted to gain the legal rights of marriage before gay marriage was conceivable. Mm. Hi, uh, my name's Kenneth Gug. Uh, I worked on the film Deer Squad um, with Scott and Matt, who will introduce themselves. Um, Pipus. Pipus, sorry. Um, <laughs> And our film is about Kelvin Pena, who went viral for uh, feeding deer in his backyard. Yeah, I'm Pipus Larson, one of three co-directors for Deer Squad, along with Scott Ross and Kenneth Gug. And um, yeah, we did Deer Squad. It's about a charismatic young kid in Pennsylvania who went viral for feeding deer in his backyard <laughs> <laughs> and making really funny videos about it and playing basketball with them and counting money with them. <laughs> This is Scott, so you can recognize my voice. <laughs> yeah. 
Hi, uh, this is Anna Kerrigan. I'm the director of The Chances, um, which is a web series created by and starring Shoshana Stern and Josh Feldman, who are two deaf creator, actor, writers. Uh, and the show is about two friends who have a really close relationship um, and are navigating the world in Los Angeles uh, a world that is mostly hearing and sort of trying to make their way through that together. Great. So all of you have very different projects. You know, Super Deluxe is a very sort of strange platform in the digital media realm. How do you think that film is evolving with the surfacing of all these new media platforms? Uh, well, I think what's interesting about Super Deluxe, and you're seeing other companies like Jash doing this as well, is they're using the digital space as a sort of testing ground um, for concepts and stories and characters that could potentially break out into television and film. Um, you know, I think that it's, I think it's still difficult to monetize digital series and stuff and people are starting to figure that out. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting model. I, I was wondering, so you, was your question whether the, the, the platforms are changing the yeah, way the films are made or the other way around? I think, I mean, either one. Yeah. I mean, I think it's sort of a, a co-relationship, you so know? So maybe I didn't answer your question. No, no, no you did, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. that's definitely a, a thing yeah. that I never actually thought about before yeah. as far as that landscape, but let's see. Yeah, because I'm, um, I'm, I feel like we have, like, even though we're only five years apart, I feel like Matt and Kenny and I have a little bit of a generational divide where I came up thinking that you got into film by making short films and putting them into film festivals. And these guys, and especially Kelvin, who's the star of the film, who seven, was 17 years old when we made it, um, they get into film by making, like, little social media, zero-budget things that they kind of make spontaneously with friends. Um, and, and clearly there's, like, so much incredible talent of, of people just like doing something with nothing with little cheap cameras or their iPhones or whatever. And uh, people have been getting better and better at it. And I think the platforms might be changing to reflect that, you know, trend. Totally. Yeah. Sort of the democratization of film in that sense where there's so many tools now that anyone can pick up a camera and make something. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, the democratization of platforms and the places that you can exhibit your work is also expanding to sort of meet that. Yeah, I think that's correct. Matt, do you have anything to say? If not, that's totally cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think in that digital space, it's often quantity over quality. And in my experience working with Super Deluxe, like there was a focus on quality and the necessary resources to do that, which I find to be rare. Uh, yeah, yeah like, yeah, like we make a bunch of like Instagram series um, so like for stuff like that, it's like, we've kind of like realized that it's more about like content rather than like how much like production you put into it. And like Kelvin was just like, so like everything that he said off the top of his head was so good. And he had to work at like 1 PM when we were shooting with him. So we like started shooting at nine. So we shot with him for like three hours for like our film. But like, even though it was just like a really like quick shoot, like we still got like good enough stuff for the internet. For yeah. it. <laughs> and you're here at Sundance too with it. So <laughs> I'd say that's impressive. Um, when you so since we've kind of gotten into how we create these videos, when you make them, where like what what is the objective? What are you making it for? Are you making it for the internet? Are you making it for TV? Are you making it to try and get into festivals like Sundance? Um, I mean, you know, the chances I think was one of the early series that Super Deluxe did, and from the beginning they were very very clear that they wanted us to be making television mm -hmm. for the web. Okay. Um, so the emphasis was really like, don't use, you know, YouTube as your inspiration, mm -hmm. like use HBO, use Showtime, use cable, you know. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, and that, I think, I mean, of course, it's a shorter format, but um, that was sort of the model that they were interested in using for this. Mm -hmm. Um, We never discussed festivals. I mean, there's very, festivals are just beginning to include digital. Um, You know, I made a web series called The Impossibilities like a couple of years ago, and we self-released it and did everything on our own. And, you know, we were nominated for a Gotham and it was a completely new category. Like that people are just sort of catching on to this, mm-hmm. um, even though it's really been around for a while. <laughs> what, what did a uh, super deluxe do for each of you to help you make these films? I mean, I generally make feature documentaries and I try to make short films as a bit of a palate cleanser. Um, and there's often so many hands on deck on a larger project, uh, especially in television or kind of in a more commercial space. And so many times with collaborators, I've said, God, I wish people would just get out of the way and let us make something. <laughs> and that was my experience with Super Deluxe is there was a lot of trust. They not they didn't get out of the way, but they they allowed me to do what I do. And with that freedom, I really enjoyed working on it. Cool. How about uh, funding wise? Was there like, did did they help financially or was it uh, more of just giving you sort of the tools and the platform for which to exhibit your work? For me, they were um, really open to greenlighting a budget Mm -hmm. and giving me total creative freedom and having some creative dialogue, but kind of being very open ended and trusting about a project that I had kind of loosely developed for a while. Cool. Yeah, they're funding all their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Deer Squad, too, that, that was. Is that, is that something that came after you made the video or was that something that came before? Uh, yeah, w- like we made the video first and then we got in touch with Super Deluxe after that. Um, but now we're working on like more like short documentaries similar to that. With them. Yeah, they did license the, um, the film from us. Um, so, uh, so we did, you know, benefit financially from it. Um, everybody involved in the film, Good. Um, which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then, yeah. And then we, they basically hired us to make, uh, a five, you know, five episode series based on the topic of exploring internet fame. Hmm, so, awesome. Yeah. So then how would you say other filmmakers can sort of make themselves attractive for um, new media platforms in that sense? I would say, I mean, with my experience with Super Deluxe, they found me because of my previous series. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, and I feel like this is the same with you guys as well. Like, just make quality stuff that you want to see and take advantage of the fact that no one is giving you notes, that you have creative freedom. You know, you don't have to fit into some box. Um, and, you know, someone might find you. <laughs> or you can be active about finding them. Yeah, I was going to... How, how would you say a platform like Super Deluxe compares to a platform like YouTube in that sense where they're actually going out trying to find you. Is, is YouTube like that too? Did you guys try and bring your project anywhere else or? You mean like YouTube Red? Yeah, like YouTube Red or like Hulu, um, uh, not Hulu, like uh, Vimeo or like any of the. Yeah, there, I mean, I've talked to both those places a little. Um, I, I think that with YouTube Red, at least initially, and I feel like this could be outdated in a week you know, because the information is constantly changing and people are constantly changing their model to sort of adapt to this new landscape. But YouTube Red initially was sort of, you know, they're focusing on um, traditional length pilots and series now. Um, But they, even if they're bringing in creatives that like they've seen in indie film or television or whatever, they are also trying to put influencers into those shows. Mm. Um, And you know, so that's some that's a way that YouTube Red is really different. But they work with a lot of production companies that are 
fundamentally making features and TV just as you might see on cable television in terms of budgets and stuff like that. Right. Whereas Vimeo, I, I'm less familiar, you know, but they, they do license shorts. Um, I think that next year they are going to be funding series and stuff like that, but don't take my word for that. <laughs> Not a Vimeo expert, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so then how would Super Deluxe, um, how does it differ from YouTube in that sense, um, it, like as an exhibitor? Where do they envision most of those videos going as far as the internet or as far as consumption? Does that make sense? Well, Super Deluxe has a channel on YouTube. Right. Um, and not anyone can post on YouTube. Yes. Whereas with Super Deluxe, they're really a production company right. that has their own channel. Cool. I mean, I think the difference of Super Deluxe um, is that they have a pretty distinctive and idiosyncratic curatorial point of view. Um, you know, rather than just trying to create content that's viral, it seems to be a larger spectrum of content that is not just designed for social media. Right. Yeah. They, it, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just, just to ahead, piggyback on yeah. that. They do. I mean, they do have their sort of like idiosyncratic, like fun YouTube video stuff, you know, that's more like BuzzFeed ass. Mm -hmm. But then in addition to that, in terms of the content that they're developing, both for digital and for television and, you know, uh, more traditional media outlets, their focus is really on, um, at least as it's been explained to me, and that's been my experience with them, like embracing voices that aren't necessarily represented mm -hmm. often. So in the case of our show, you know, deaf creator actors, and, you know, they hired a female filmmaker to do that. Um, so that is, I think, an agenda that not everyone shares. Yeah, I mean, idiosyncratic is a word. I'd say it's also sort of radical in that sense, where mm -hmm. it's taking chances on a lot of material um, that you wouldn't find on sure. and and pushing it forward yeah um, because it's hard uh, one of one of my biggest sort of uh, questions about this new landscape is how do you break the algorithm when there's so many sort of video platforms and so many people uploading their work anyone can do it now um, have you guys found any sort of like strategy in doing that in sort of making your work stand out from the rest well I mean uh, at least in the documentary space, like typically your subject matter points to a specific audience. So um, I don't think it's about just throwing something online and hoping that it catches fire. It's about kind of um, looking at different contexts to show those films and how to reach people. Um, so in the case of the film that I made for Super Deluxe, I mean, it taps into civil rights history and uh, it's a, a kind of gay and queer themed film. It resonates with the kind of women's march that's happening today. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities to publicize and kind of discourse on that. And there's a lot of different audiences that can be reached through the festival circuit, but also kind of non-film festival, non-film industry context. And the online platform is just a space where people can find that through the kind of publicity or conversation that's generated online. Yeah. Right. So, I, I actually have a question mm -hmm. for, for the fellow creators here. Um, is your stuff online already or? My stuff isn't online already, but yeah, it will yeah, be yeah. soon. Yeah, no, are the chances isn't online, yeah, that's online a, yet that's either. a good question because, you know, in the festival space, a lot of festivals don't seem to take work that already has been exhibited online or somewhere else. I Sundance think does, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's different for digital series okay. with the festivals, yeah. It seems like 
the way to break the algorithm in that sense would be to make like very specialized content. Are you targeting a certain audience, would you say, when you're making your documentaries? I am. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. I wouldn't say that we do. I say we, uh, I would say that when we're making videos, we are kind of just, especially the way the three of us make videos together, we kind of do stuff very spontaneously. We come up with the idea of the week of or the day of, and it's whatever interests us. But I do think um, that we often recognize when we've made something that might have potential to like have a broad audience. Then we think definitely like business people a little bit and think, what publications might be interested in this, especially publications, I think, or what, you know, what small, smaller networks um, or, you know, online platforms like Super Deluxe might be interested in this. And we think, you know, we do try to put together a package that is appealing to um, a publisher or a distributor or whatever, you know. How has social media helped you guys in particular? Um, I would say it's helped a lot. Um, for we, we made most of our films on Instagram at first before we were um, doing super docs, but we would find like people we really liked on Instagram and like DM them and say like, yeah, let's hang out. Let's make a movie together. And you could, we could sort of like branch off of their followers and they could branch off of ours and just like build our little audience. I mean, I think that for both Matt and I, we're not involved in the marketing in terms of social media in right. that way. But from from the series I did in the past, we identified like it, there was, you know, a lot of <laughs> this is very specific. There was like a lot of yoga in the series and there was a, a you know, a lesbian character who was going off on her adventures. And we also had a magician. So we like went through, you know. Gotta, get, gotta hit that magician market. Magician community. The magician community is stronger than you might think. There's actually a lot of secret magicians out there. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, figuring, not necessarily, I mean, personally, I don't make things like thinking of a specific audience. I just, well, I try not to make things that are just like average 20 something year olds having relationships yeah. in the boring way um, I think that there's just so many things like that so like there has to be some sort of angle or twist or whatever but once you have something that you're excited and you're passionate about and then you sort of like you guys are saying identify who the audiences and markets are find other people online who have tapped into those audiences and one thing that we did which is definitely more traditional but was very helpful for our series was we literally went through like every like LGBT you know, blog and site that had been writing about web series. And we made up our own press release and contacted people and were like, yo, we're the filmmakers behind the show. Like, you know, we saw, we loved your article that you wrote about blah, 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 web series. Like you may want to check it out. And we got a lot of articles written about us because of that. And I think that, you know, especially now more than ever with so many outlets out there, you can reach out to journalists and they're very approachable yeah. and they prefer that it's you than a publicist because it's, I mean, it's real. Speaking from a journalist's perspective. Right, I'm like, you are <laughs> yes. a journalist. We would, we would do that. If you have an interesting story about how you made your film for right. like a low budget, send it to us. Right. We'll ask you to write something about it, you know? And right. we'll feature your video. This episode and all of our Sundance coverage is brought to you by Rode Microphones, 100% Australian owned and made professional microphones for studio and broadcast. And My Road Real, the world's largest short film competition. Now in its fourth year running, with over 500,000 in prizes given away so far, My Road Real is back, bigger, and better in 2017. More films, new judges, and more prizes. To view past winners and register for 2017, head to myroadreel.com and sign up now. 
Uh, yeah, like I've I've kind of like fell into a thing where I like enjoy like kind of like almost daily like shooting and like editing like weird funny videos and putting them on Instagram, which um it's it's like pretty like heavy social media, which is like I guess a new thing. But um like now I'm like seeing a lot of people who are doing like live videos, mm-hmm. which is like even which is like weird to me, even though like I'm doing like yeah. social media yeah, all the yeah. time because right. they're just like always it's on constantly. and like always talking yeah. and like yeah I don't know. I, like, have to, like, edit what I do. Like. I feel much <laughs> older than you guys. <laughs> I'm like, oh. I'm trying to learn, but... But that does, hard. I mean, that does sort of... It's it's great that you do that because it does instill a discipline in yourself, you know? And maybe that's another great side effect of this sort of shorter content is you're producing media easier, more easily, and in that sense, you can just create anytime you want. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I, I find if I'm not, like, constantly, like, making videos, like, even if I'm working on, like, a larger project like that's, like, long-term, like, if I'm not, like, constantly making short videos, I start to, like, feel depressed. And, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, um, me and Pipus, uh, we just, like, had a lot of trouble um, sort of getting frustrated when we'd be working on really long projects and not be able to release things. So social media just made it really easy to post like 15 second videos that are like this or like vines or like anything. And it became like really fun. Sorry, oh, can no, I ask I was, you no, a question? Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. What, when you're like, what is the process? I mean, that's just so much shorter than anything I ever think of doing. So like when you're thinking like, is it just like a, like what is, how does an idea get generated for a 15 second thing? Um, usually we, uh, Matt hits us up because he's feeling depressed and he says, yo guys want to make a video? And then, we, oh sorry, Pipus hits us up because he's feeling depressed, invites us, us over to his house and then we uh, wander around his neighborhood until we come up with an idea. We actually just made one yesterday with yeah. Kelvin and um, this guy named Austin Augie. Um, we literally just walked up into a hill and we're like, we're going to think of something something funny to make. And we ended up making a short film about about one of us not having our credentials and, you know, getting in a fight about it. But yeah, it's often just like, we're going to sit and think of, and sit and do something until we, you know, come up with something. That's awesome. Um, what yeah. did you shoot on, if you don't mind me asking? Just oh, your... yeah. Yeah. Our, our gear, our recommended gear, Canon, you know, 5D uh-huh. and a Zoom H8. Uh, F8. F8? Yeah. Yeah, Zoom <laughs> F8. Yeah. And uh, a shotgun and a lav. And then that's usually enough to do most, most stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I a mean, bounce card, maybe. That's it. Um, great. Are we getting swag from this interview? <laughs> what kind of swag? We don't want swag. <laughs> <laughs> I want some mics. Oh, yeah. I want to make a video right I now. Will, yeah, I will contact Road and I'll get each of you guys some mics if you'd like. Thank, Thank you, you so much. <laughs> what do you guys on? Do we get a scholarship to film school for this? <laughs> you can get a scholarship to no film school for free. Anyone can if you listen to this podcast and subscribe and become readers. Um, Cool, guys. Well, I guess I would wrap up by sort of asking each of you to uh, give one pinnacle piece of advice to emerging filmmakers, if you can. My advice is always to finish stuff, even if it's not good or it's not going well, that the key to having the confidence to continue making work is to finish what you start. Great. Uh, I would just say just go out and film like immediately. Don't wait for a budget. Just go do something right now. Cool. Uh, yeah, I would say just like focus on like an idea, like a weird idea, or, like something that's like different. Not don't like make a movie to like make a certain type of movie, and like don't don't focus on equipment. Just like get an idea and roll with it. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with Matt. Finishing is one of my biggest problems, and that's part of why making stuff that's a little shorter is nice. You can build your confidence up. 
make stuff that's short if you can't get you know a, a bigger project going. Well, then you also have like a shit ton of stuff to show people too if you're just like making stuff every day so. or people who haven't finished stuff up and are tortured by it yeah mm-hmm. absolutely right. you know yeah yeah i'm one of those people um it's <laughs> okay sorry guys sorry. it's not a <laughs> i need to give you a hug it's not, now. that's not the purpose of this podcast <laughs> okay um yeah i would say i mean I would would have said, and they've all said, I'm trying to think of something uh, that I can also say on top of just make it. Uh, I think that something that I always remind myself of is when you're going on Netflix, when you're going on YouTube, when you're going on Hulu or whatever, pay attention to what you're looking for and make the content that you want to see. And also stop calling it content, because I... What, do, what would you rather call it? I mean, I, I feel like content makes it sound really disposable. Uh-huh. Um, and. I say it just because that's sort of what yeah, industry yeah. speak is, but it's pretty unfortunate. So I guess, okay, let me revise it. Don't make content, make Tell stories. stories. There you go. Yeah. Nice, cool. I like that. Um, yeah. That's the name of the podcast. It, oh, good. <laughs> I have another piece of advice. Do it. <laughs> I would say just like uh, draw ideas from stuff that like actually happens in life because it's normally like a lot weirder than like shit you can make up. Yeah, how do you find, I mean, I guess you guys have explained how you find your content. For Matt, how how did you find your, sorry, I know you got. Give 20, me 20 yeah, seconds. I'll give you 20 seconds. How did you find your uh Well, your this, was a, this was specific. The Super Deluxe Project, mm-hmm. I was a director for hire on. So, oh, okay. yeah, so they found me and wanted to do something with me and they put me up for it and I met with Josh and Shoshana and really liked them and I guess they liked me enough um you know and then we embarked on that process together awesome yeah but they definitely drew on their personal experiences which is a I mean they have such a unique perspective so did they write the project and yeah they wrote the project okay um and Shoshana's I mean she she was on weeds she's been on a ton of tv shows she's you know been an actor like in the scene for a really really long time and Josh actually they'd been writing together but he had never acted in anything before so they were best friends I mean they are best friends and you know they just wanted to do a project together um, and they connected with Super Deluxe but I think originally they were starting to do the project on their own which is also something that you see a lot where you know they had a Kickstarter campaign for the series when Super Deluxe found them before they actually funded and were able to do the series on their own right so how did you find them or did they find you? Super Deluxe? No, no, no. The, are they the writers of the project that you worked on? Yes. Okay, so Super Deluxe found Josh and Shoshana. And then? And then they started developing the project with them. And I then see. when they looked for directors, Super Deluxe brought me in. Okay, cool. In addition to a number of directors, you know, just to meet with everyone and Great. see sort of who clicked with the project. In terms of finding stories to tell? Yes. Um, well, it's part of my kind of daily practice is doing research and reading a lot of material, having general ideas and looking for specific characters or stories. But I have a pretty big repository of stuff that's in various stages of development or impasses in terms of reaching out to people. And for me, when I'm looking for stories, I like to tell stories that aren't going to be outdated in the future, something that will resonate or make sense kind of far into the future so that when it's online on a site like Super Deluxe, someone can find it in five years if they are searching for something related to the film and and that can be new to them as opposed to something a little more disposable. Right. Great, guys. Well, thank you so much. This has been awesome thank and you. very informative. Thank you. Thanks for having <laughs> us. Yeah. Thanks. Cool. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, you can hear many more like it by subscribing to the No Film School podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or whatever podcast service you choose to use. If you really like this podcast, you can go and give us a five-star rating. We'll be back for Indie Film Weekly this Thursday. I'm John Fusco. You can follow me at Jim underscore John underscore Jim on Twitter. And I will see you on Thursday.